Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Grayson. Thanks, Curtis. Well, as we uh, continue this morning, um, we just want to give you a couple of updates on some things going on and how you can stay informed and all that's happening. Um, But I want to remind you right now, some of you are already taking advantage of this, and I want to put the number back up there. If you have any questions or concerns or prayer requests, uh, you can text those into us uh, live right now. We're actually seeing some of those stream through and some great questions that we're going to get to here in a minute. Um, And just appreciate you guys jumping along with us uh, this morning. Um, But I want to remind you uh, that as a church, we're spending this time preparing our hearts for Easter, reading through the Gospel of Matthew. And so as we have been doing that, uh, over the last few days, we've put out uh, a a devotional through our Facebook and our Instagram accounts. Um, Yesterday, Sam, it was really fun to see you and Asher and Judah, your kids, with you as you shared with us some thoughts around uh, Matthew 18. And so I'd encourage you, if you haven't checked that out, you can find that on our Facebook or Instagram accounts. Um, But those will be on ongoing as we have various pastors and people of Crossroads sharing with you uh, what we're learning and what we're collectively doing together. It's just another way for us to stay uh, connected, Um, and and particularly in this time where for the foreseeable future, um, and we'll continue to update as we know, uh, but our services will be online in this format. And so this Wednesday night at 630, we'll gather again online to uh, come together and to turn our hearts and our attention towards Jesus together as we uh, still are the church collectively spread out throughout Placer and Nevada counties. And so just want to encourage you uh, to join in with us and we'll be streaming our services online 1030 uh, as we are right now next Sunday as well. And I know because we're streaming, I know my kids have missed out on children's ministry activity. And so we're going to try to help supplement that by providing some activities on our website. So you can go to our website, crossroadslive.com. And right on the page, actually, you see it on your screen now. There's an icon for you to click on. And there's some activities and some things that you can print and the kids can color. Um, So we encourage you to take advantage of that. I know we will be utilizing that for our children. And we hope that you do as well. Also, we normally have a time for worshipful giving when we gather together. We, we still have time to do that, but our venue is a little bit different. And we appreciate those of you who made the transition to give online last mm-hmm. week, and we encourage you to continue to worship through giving. Uh, the screen will come up here where it will show you where you can give online, and we encourage you to continue to do that as we still have financial needs as a yeah. church, and we uh, want to provide opportunities for you to continue to worship, and so we encourage you to go there. If, you can you can send checks to I was us just as say, well. Alongside yes. that, you can send in your checks. Um, but if you're like well. me and you can never find a stamp, <laughs> that is a great opportunity yeah. to to give online. And then lastly, we do have a lot of information coming out about COVID-19 and how we're responding as a church and how we're moving yep. forward with various activities. And so we encourage you to go to our website and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can continue to get updates um, as things rapidly change. Yes. Yes, that's the best way to stay there. Jump on our Facebook, Instagram accounts, um, and just be paying attention as we're just finding various ways to connect and stay in this together because we we keep saying that we really are in this together, even though right now we are supposed to be apart. And that's even why we have a new couch today so that we could have a little bit more room between us. And I know you're probably all saying you're still too close, but uh, that's just an optical illusion we're creating through <laughs> the, the magic of video production. So thanks, Jesse, for behind the camera for taking care of us this morning. Um, 
So back to some of you are texting in questions as we go and some different prayer requests. And so I just want to address a couple of those questions uh, that came in. Someone asked if the church food pantries are still open. Um, we are still able to, to meet needs there, but we need you to contact us. You can reach out at office at uh, crossroadslive.com or um, you can call the, the church office, but we can set up appointments to, to help with that. We know some of the other uh, food banks, I, I believe, still are operating um, on a kind of a lesser capacity, but we're looking for creative ways that we can continue to meet those needs. Um, one of the other questions that uh, comes up and has continued to come up uh, from, from many is, uh, how do we respond in this moment as disciples of Jesus? How, how, do we, uh, how do we show up well and love our neighbor when we're told to stay at least six feet away from them um, in, in a time like this? And so um, as, as I've been reflecting on that and, and praying around that, I know you have thoughts around that as well, Sam, but um, I was really taken to, to 1 John 3.18 where it talks around how we are to love um, in deed and in truth. Um, and, and so let me just kind of grab hold of that first part, indeed, because it seems hard to, to really act out love right now. Um, I think one of the best ways that we can show up is really just to be paying attention. Um, it's, it's some of what we're trying to do as a church right now is just keep our ears to the ground. Uh, many of you have offered to help. Some of you um, have already started finding creative ways to help. We're not hearing a lot of needs right now um, from our community, but we believe that's going to come um, as this prolongs and as we kind of step forward in this. So we just would encourage you to continue to pay attention uh, where you can love your neighbor well. Um, and, and that means just paying attention to your neighbor, uh, checking in on them. Uh, I've seen already people having uh, conversations at the end of their driveways, kind of staying their, their distance. But I think it, we're only a couple of days into this, but we're already craving social interaction. I don't <laughs> know if you're like me, but I was out playing with my kids in our front yard. And as random strangers were driving by, I already found myself wanting to wave to them just like to have some normalcy of interaction. And so um, where you live, love your neighbor well um, and pray for them. Um, the, the other uh, deed, action that I think is going to be really important for us is to, to call people. Um, remember, the phone actually works as a phone. You can actually talk to someone on the other end of it. Um, and so I'd encourage you to call people uh, text people when you're thinking about them. When the Lord brings someone to mind, don't wait. Just text them. Uh, even go old school and write a letter to some people right now as you're thinking about them. But I think there's some tangible ways that we can still show up in one another's lives. Um, and then the, the last thing, how do we love in deed and truth? I think in truth is really important right now because our words matter. How do we practice joy, uh, practice peace, and cultivate the good? Uh, we need to be cautious with our words. And, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of information out there. And it's really easy just to click share on every new article that comes out and just kind of feed the panic, feed the fear that people are feeling. And so I just encourage you before you post something, um, before you, you feel like maybe you're stepping up on a soapbox of sorts, um, to really pray through that of what are you adding to the conversation? What's the truth behind what you're saying? And are you practicing joy in that moment? Are you practicing peace in that moment? And I, I think that's an opportunity for us as a church uh, and for us as individuals and followers of Jesus to show up uh, really well in this moment and to be a non-anxious presence in the midst of a lot of anxiety around us. So, um, well, that's just one of the, the questions. Again, as I'm, I'm looking through this, um, I, I see that, uh, oh, 
We're doing this in real time, so forgive the uh, pause. Uh, you can chat real, real time uh, online on our Facebook page, also on our YouTube chat. Um, you can be talking back and forth with each other, so feel free to do that and engage with each other. Um, but just as we're looking through some of these prayer requests that are coming through, um, I'm, I'm reminded of a lot of um, anxiety. Uh, mm-hmm. That is, it is really uh, showing itself. And so I want to go ahead and uh, just... Sam, would you just pray yeah, uh, for absolutely. us? God, thanks for this time that we are able to be together, even, even virtually like this, and join together and united in Christ. And thank you for the hope that we have in him. And Lord, we just we confess that we uh, have feelings of anxiousness and uncertainty, and um, a lot of our rhythms have been thrown off. Some of our sources of incomes are now limited, and we don't know what the future holds. And that's led to feelings of anxiety and anxiousness. And, and so, Lord, we just, we just want to give you those feelings and rest in the hope and the peace that you provide. Um, thank you that you love us so well, that you continue to meet our every need. And we just need to be reminded of that this morning, Lord that you would continue to provide for our needs, that you would fill us with your hope and your peace and your joy amidst these uncertain times, Lord. And so I just pray for every request that continues to come in this morning, God, that you would meet them with the peace that only you supply, that you would remind them that you're a God who sees and who knows and who understands and who constantly provides. May we be reminded of that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh. Well, we are doing this in real time because Andrew needs a new battery. So I'm going to transition now. (laughs) We are going to be back in the book of Philippians. Last week, we talked through the first few verses in chapter 4, where Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and he's instructing them that amidst their circumstances, they are called to experience and express joy. And in that, um, peace comes. And so we explored what he says to the church in Philippi. And uh, Paul continues in this same thing, theme of rejoicing yep. and experiencing joy. But he, he transitions a little bit from you should experience it. And he personalize it, personalizes right. it. Right. He talks about the joy that he is experiencing. And he sort of looks back on his life. And he talks about how he's been through all these different places and experienced so many different things. And that he has this secret yep. that he describes. He does. He, he lets us in on this secret and it's one that maybe we're familiar with but when we hear it we kind of lean in because we're like what what is this how do we step forward and Paul really is talking around how do you stay constant in the midst of the highs and lows of the world around us Um, and he he claims to have the secret to it and so this morning we want to look at uh, Philippians uh, chapter 4 verses 10 through 20 um, and as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a time where I was, I was on a plane and I was coming home from uh, a missions trip and I was on the last leg of my flight and I was really excited because if you know kind of the, the feeling of like you were one flight away from home, even though it was like a 10 hour flight, I was all excited. I got in my seat, sat down, I had an aisle seat. I specifically had an aisle seat because I just like to be able to get up and do whatever I need to do in the middle of a flight. And, and so I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm getting my headphones on, the plane's about to take off in five minutes and I'm looking next to me and there's no one 
next to me. It's an empty seat. And so I was really, yeah. I was really excited. I was like, this is, this is all playing out so wonderfully. And so I, I put my headphones in and I'm kind of, you know, leaning back, getting all cozy uh, when someone taps on my shoulder and it's this, this small woman kind of comes up and she says, excuse me. Um, and I said, yes. And I'm just assuming, okay, she's sitting here, but I'm like, this is okay. You know, I still have my seat. I'm good. And she says, excuse me, uh, my mother is supposed to sit in that middle seat. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, um, but she can't. And I said, oh, uh, not really sure how to respond to that. She says, uh, she, she actually needs to sit in the aisle seat. She's going to need your seat. And so you're going to need to move over. And so I did what any, you know, mature follower of Jesus would do. I just pretended like my music was too loud and I didn't hear her. And I just closed my eyes um, and, and let her deal with it herself. No, I didn't do that. I, I looked at her and I had that, that moment in my head, right? Like I'd just been bumped and here I was all set and what I thought was about to transpire and now that was shifting before my very eyes. Um, and I just looked at her and I said, oh, oh, you know, no, no problem. Um, I, can, I can do that. And she said, thank you. You know, she just has a hard time moving about. And I said, no, no problem. And so she uh, walks away and this, this very little woman walks away to go back and get um, a much larger mother. I don't know how a else. Less to, yes, a less little. And, and so I just move my seat, you know, and I'm, I'm just, everything in me is like, Lord, just help me in this moment. Um, I don't know what you're teaching me or why, um, but here we are. And, and I just sat there and I'm running through all these different things of like what, what my plans had been. And now they were, they were shifted. And so I sat there and I'm just, you know, kind of going through all these things in my head. And suddenly I noticed the woman next to me, you know, and she's, she's kind of, you know, on me. I don't really have the, 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 uh, the divide like I'd like and my armrest, you know, she's kind of pushing over and I'm like, okay, you know what? This is just not going to be about me. And, and suddenly she gets up and she walks away. And again, it was like two minutes before the flight is supposed to leave. And now it's leaving and we're, we're going and this woman never comes back. And she never did come back. And so I, I just moved back over and suddenly my world was kind of righted. But I, I laughed because uh, what seemed like such a big deal in that moment, that small momentary shift, now it wasn't as big a deal to me. I wasn't clinging to it as much. But as I was thinking about that, uh, it, it reminded me what happens when we're bumped. Uh, when, when what we expect and what we think our world should be around us gets hit a little bit, um, sometimes the best parts of us don't spill over. And in that moment, I was not uh, content with my world around me. I was not feeling like this was the best thing and that Christ was my source of life. I was thinking I wanted my seat and I had it. Now you took it away from me. And I think for, for many of us right now, we're experiencing a significant bump that the the March and the April that we were expecting to have in so many ways uh, is now nothing like we thought it would be. As schools are closing, uh, we're watching portfolios shift all around us. Uh, sports are, are canceled. Uh, we're just looking at a very different world, and it brings about these different reactions. And we kind of go, okay, how do I recalibrate in the midst of this? How do I find kind of the stream in which I'm supposed to go? Because uh, really... Uh, you have to kind of take stock of where you are. And for some of us, I think 
Fear, kind of when we get bumped, we feel fear because we just really don't trust what's next. Or, or maybe we're feeling anger um, because we just don't like what's happening around us and that's beginning to be what spills over. Or maybe it's just apathy, like we're so out of control that we're not trying to do anything and we're just giving up in this moment. And then there's a very real grief that many are experiencing uh, as we're, we're seeing just so such a rapid shift of things around us. And, and so this morning, as we look at this passage, I think Paul has so much to say for our way forward as we look at these verses together. Yeah. He uh, includes in the section that we're going to read today, he includes a verse that many people who, who didn't grow up in the church even know it because it's used all the time. Yeah. And it's, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And usually when we quote this verse, we, we use it out of context. <laughs> we, we try to make it mean that whatever, whatever goal we have, that God is going to strengthen us to conquer the mountain or to make it to mm-hmm. the NFL or to whatever it is yeah. that we think we want to do. Thanks, but it, Steph Curry. <laughs> thank you, Steph Curry, who writes it on his shoes. Um, but that's not really what Paul is saying. In the context of his argument and in the flow of this letter, he's actually talking about how he has found the secret to contentment mm-hmm. amidst all circumstances. And he describes some pretty lowly places that we'll, we'll discuss this morning. So before we engage in the text, before we jump back into the story that Paul is telling here, it's important for us to recognize the kind of relationship that Paul had with the church in Philippi. Um, Paul planted the church in Philippi in his second missionary journey. And as Andrew and I know, uh, when you do ministry together, when you mm-hmm. plant churches, when you, when you become this intimate relationship yep. within ministry, uh, it gets pretty deep pretty quick. It, it does. Nothing can come between us, not even a fern. Not even a fern. Not even it's a now fern. gone. Yes. Now it's a water bottle. It is. Um, but he had this intimate, deep relationship with these folks in Philippi who not only launched the church there with Paul, but also financially supplied other churches in the surrounding areas where Paul would go and, and share the gospel and, and, and grow new churches and new ministries. And so they had this deep and intimate friendship that he is going to speak about here in these last 10 verses as he concludes this letter to the church. So with this in mind, let's read verses 10 through 14. Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received, excuse me, revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I'm speaking of, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's pause right there. Here, uh, Paul has, as we talked about earlier, he has just gotten through a section where he's saying, hey, you guys need to experience Mm -hmm. and express joy. Here are some instructions for you. And now he flips in and he talks about himself and he goes on to describe his life. And at this point in Paul's life, as he is in prison, he's facing very likely the possibility of capital punishment. He has been stoned almost to death by this point. He has experienced uh, the blessings of finances. He has experienced having no money. He has experienced lots of travel. He has shared the gospel with countless people. He has planted churches. Mm-hmm. He's been on ships. Mm-hmm. He's been shipwrecked. I mean, he's, he's kind of seen it all at this point. And he reflects and he's just said, I, I've, I've learned this, I've learned the secrets of, of contentment. 
he first says here that, that he's rejoicing greatly. This is the only time that actually that word is used is here as Paul says, man, I, I'm experiencing this incredible joy that you, church in Philippi, have revived your concern for me. And what, what he's talking about is they had some distance between them, so there just wasn't opportunity for the, for the church in Philippi to send any resources. But we find a little bit later that this man named Epaphroditus brought some finances and some resources to Paul that, that met his need. And he's overwhelmed with their generosity in that and that they were able to seize this opportunity. But then he pretty quickly transitions there and he says, you know what? Not that I was in need. God has continued to supply for me. And he goes on to say, I've, I've learned this, this secret. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that strikes me as we read this is he, as he talks about this broad spectrum of being super, super high and super, super low. He says, I've learned twice yep. in this short little section. And it's important for us to, to recognize there's a pretty strong implication there that that Paul has had to learn this. It's a process of understanding and learning contentment. It's not a one and done thing. There was a point at which we were not saved and we expressed faith in Jesus and we became saved. But then there starts this pretty long (laughs) process of contentment. And so here Paul is reflecting on his life and the highs and the lows. And he says, in the process of the life that God gave me, I learned the Mm -hmm. secrets of joy. I learned the secret of contentment. Um, I think that's an important reminder for us as, as we're faced with this pandemic. This, this is a process that we're in and we're yeah. learning as we go this sort of secret right. of being content as we're brought pretty low right now in some respects, yeah. whether that's financially or relationally, some of the challenges that we mm-hmm. face. Uh, many of us are in somewhat of a low point. Yeah. And here Paul says in the midst of that, there's this process by which we are learning contentment. Yeah. It's a process. Well, I, I love that he even speaks of, you know, in my abundance mm-hmm. and in my lack. In my abundance, uh, Paul had learned the, the truth that the gifts that he had been given or the blessings mm-hmm. that were around him, it was never about those as the object of his contentment. It was always about the giver of those gifts mm-hmm. and keeping his eyes fixed on the Lord. And even in his lack and his his wanting of, of more, he was recognizing that Jesus is enough. He continues to say uh, that and point us towards that truth in the midst of this. And that's where he finds his contentment by keeping his eyes fixed on him. Mm. And he concludes with this, with this phrase, this verse that we've used many times, mostly out of context. He says, here's, here's the gamut of my life. And I have learned. I can, do, I can do all things. I can face the lowly times. I can face the, the times where I just feel like I'm at this peak and everything in between. All of that is possible through the hope and the joy and the peace that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I was reminded that as Paul talks about this experience, that through all the things that he's been through, that that there's hope and there's peace and there is joy in Jesus, and that everything is possible through Jesus. The reverse is also true. As Jesus says in John 15, 5, he says, Hey, apart from me, you can do nothing. Everything is possible with Jesus, Mm -hmm. and nothing is possible without him. It's important for us to recognize that juxtaposition. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that, that this idea that our contentment is not uh, related to our, our circumstances, but it's, it's rooted in Christ. And uh, I love, as, as one, um, one person said, restless is our heart until it comes to rest in thee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we find our home 
in Christ. We find our identity, our fulfillment in him. And this is what Paul continued to say, that no matter where I am, no matter what situation I am, I'm in Christ. And through him, through his strength, through his ability, I'm able to face all things. And, and the hard part for us is now, what does that look like? How do we begin to practice uh, contentment in a time where maybe we're feeling anything but? Mm-hmm. Um, and so continuing on in verse 14, uh, Paul says this, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Again, he's just pointing out that he's not alone in this. It was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. He's calling out the unique place that this church held and this unique relationship that they had, that they had really provided for Paul in a profound way and in a way that really stirred him and encouraged him. And one of the things that was so profound as we understand from Paul's letter to the Corinthians Mm -hmm. is that the church in Philippi didn't have much to give. They were poor. There was a famine that went through the land that impacted them greatly. And in the midst of having virtually nothing, they gave it all. Yeah. Yeah, which, which is a beautiful picture that he's getting here. And he, and he says, not that I, I seek uh, to, to, not that I seek the gift, this is verse 17, uh, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent me, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And, and Paul begins to frame this, the sacrificial gift that they were giving, not of their abundance, but of what they had. They were just generously giving as God had generously given to them, that they their needs are being met and, and maybe just barely. Mm. And yet they said, no, Lord, we're, we're still going to share this with, with Paul and we're still going to be a part of what he's doing. And I love this terminology here. I received full payment uh, and more. I'm well supplied having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering. Uh, we've been talking a lot around fragrant offerings as we've been in our study of Exodus and, and what that would look like in coming before the Lord. But I also love, uh, for me, it's not just a picture that I see. I, I instantly, when I hear fragrance, I instantly want to inhale, just like take in the, the smell. And, and what Paul is saying is that this offering that they gave was it was a beautiful smell mm-hmm. to, to anyone who heard of it, to anyone who was around it. It was a smell that was noticed. And, and I think for us, um, in, in, the, in what we're walking through right now, there's an opportunity for the church to be this fragrant mm-hmm. offering, this beautiful smell when there's, uh, candidly, there's a lot of other smells surrounding us right now. Um, and we have an opportunity to be something different in the midst of that. And we see this church modeling that um, as they, they come and they, they give in a moment where there was great need. Right. Um, and it's this beautiful picture, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing. And to I love God. that he emphasizes, he talks about the, the physical things that were provided and how those were absolutely necessary. Right. But he adds that he, he seeks the fruit that increases. In other words, he, he's so excited to see them yeah. spiritually mature yes. as they give and sacrifice their financial right. resources because there's something about that that yep. draws us closer to each other and makes us more like Christ. Well, and it's, it's that learning, right? right? That, that learning contentment where you're, you're actively practicing yes. what this looks like. Um, and he's seeing that and he longs for the fruit as they uh, have this opportunity to flex these new sure. muscles, right? In many ways, we have this opportunity to flex some different muscles right now and to move some different uh, parts of ourselves as we're, we're facing a very different world in the moment. And so Paul is, is encouraging that. I want to see more fruit of this. And so uh, just a, a way of kind of looking at our circumstances differently is um, 
man, could you imagine if we were framing it? I wonder what fruit God's going to pull out of this. Mm. I wonder what God's going to show me in the midst of, of my anxiety right now uh, and what I'm, I'm feeling and my, my fear and my grief and my anger. What, what fruit is God going to pull me through? Now, I'm not saying we just Pollyanna that and like, oh, it's all going to be okay. There's some, some real things we have to take stock of there and we have to hold that very openly before the Lord. But there's an opportunity for us in the midst of this too to go, okay, Lord, um, here's, a, uh, here's a chance for me to practice something different when I feel so other, but I'm going to trust in who you say you are. And I love how uh, Paul finishes verse 19. He says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's saying, God's going to take care of you. He has you according to his glorious riches in who? In Christ Jesus. That in Jesus we have all that we need. He is the source of contentment. He is the one for which Paul had given up everything and found life in. And the same is true of us even here and now, that in him we find life and meaning uh, and contentment, that he is truly enough uh, to supply and meet our needs. Uh, now again, this is something that we're, we're, we're learning. One day we will experience fully and completely but this side of heaven uh, our lack is is noticeable mm-hmm. and we feel it and so how do we begin to pr- practice this contentment how do we begin to really allow god to be our source in all things um, and, and I think for, for me, as, as I was thinking through this passage and this secret that Paul is letting us in on, on contentment, and that we can do all things through Christ, um, I, I think there's an opportunity for us uh, to, to practice contentment. Um, right now, uh, the rhythms of our life are being disrupted uh, daily, hourly, with things that are shifting as we're being encouraged to to not go to work, to stay home, to distance ourselves from others. And so now we're finding ourselves kind of incubated in our homes. Um, and, and maybe you are someone who uh, you're living with roommates or your, your family is there. And now uh, you guys are going to navigate these next days together. And you have a chance to practice contentment even when you don't feel it, uh, even when you just uh, want to get out of the house. I'm so tired of being stuck here. I'm so tired of you filling the blank there. But we have an opportunity to say, okay, Lord, what are you teaching me in this moment? And if I can truly do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I can, I can do this well. And we have a chance to, to practice joy, even in the midst of this, to practice peace and to begin cultivating the good in our own homes and our own families so that when we once again are released to the world, so to speak, and we can go back out, um, that we're ready for that, that we're ready to step in with a heart that's been renewed, that's mm-hmm. found its peace, that's found its wholeness in Christ. And so that's, uh, that's the encouragement mm-hmm. I, I find in this time is how are we utilizing this space mm-hmm to cultivate a contentment in Christ in our own lives? What are the practices and rhythms we need to engage in here and now to experience this? Um, and I think that's a real, a real opportunity yeah. for us. 
I've noticed for myself as well um, the, uh, this impulse to go and check my 401k, to go and check on yep. these things that yep. we do place confidence in, false confidence in those things. Um, situations like this remind us that our hope should never rest in those kinds of financial things anyway, but our hope truly is in Christ and what he has already accomplished for us. So even in, in practicing contentment, I have found it healthy to avoid those tendencies where I put unnecessary mm-hmm. attention in things that don't provide hope in the first place. Yeah. As another practice of contentment <laughs> to get away from yeah. and recognize that our hope and stability and future lies in who Christ is and what he's done for us, not in some of the things that we tend to put confidence in. Amen. Amen. Um, and, I, and I think one, one last encouragement kind of towards that end is uh, in the midst of the swirl um, and all that's kind of around us, uh, I know some are trying to grab hold of, okay, what is, what is true, what is not, what can I hold mm-hmm. on to? And we feel this kind of uh, this, this mix of things coming around us, the constant that we have, the source that we have is, is Christ. And so I'd encourage you when you feel like the noise is getting too much, again, uh, simplify and turn towards the truth. Mm-hmm. Spend time in scripture, rooting yourself in the truth of who Christ is as we practice the that he is enough, that we are content in him and who he is and who he has created us to be. And, and again, Paul says in verse 19, he says, My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And in verse 20, he concludes by saying this, To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, in, in all that we're looking at right now, what a powerful statement is that if we were to put that praise to our lips. To God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Even in the midst of our uncertainty, even in the midst of our fear, even in the midst of our anger, in the midst of our apathy, in the midst of our grief, but yet still you be praised in the midst of this because I know that you are good. To hold tight to that truth is profound in these moments and I'd encourage you even even if if you don't feel that in this moment uh, to practice that and maybe speak these words aloud Uh, I think one of the things um, that we we can do as a church is to to orient ourselves towards scripture and as we have been we've been reading through the gospel of Matthew together but on Sundays if you've been following along in our reading plan you know that we are looking at a psalm on Sundays and it just so happened when we scheduled this out that psalm 23 uh, was our scheduled psalm for this week and i feel like it is so appropriate that I want us to read this together as kind of our concluding prayer as we uh, seek to practice this contentment to, to do all things through Christ, that he's our strength, he's our source, that, that we learn to navigate the highs and the lows in Christ uh, and that we, we recognize that we have a, a good shepherd who is over us, leading us uh, through the valleys of darkness and through the shadow of death. And so wherever you find yourself this morning, um, I'd encourage you, we're going to put the words on the screen as we read this aloud together and uh, Sam and I are going to read this together. And, and so, it just became very so, clear to me, we have not practiced this. No, we, we haven't. <laughs> and so we wanted this to, to be raw with you all as we just say this aloud <laughs> together as, as we conclude uh, before singing another song together as this is... 
This is our, our prayer uh, in conclusion. So the, the 23rd Psalm, let us read this together. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever.